It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's Jason Wilde with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers on ESPN Wisconsin. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show, Tuesdays with Aaron. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Hey, how are you? I, I heard for a second there that he was uh, the little bum, bum, bum. From Bone Thugs, and then it went into. Uh, oh, I didn't hear that. Into this, yes. Uh, maybe it was in my mind. I don't know. Perhaps I felt it, like I heard it. You've, you've heard it so many times like on the show. Fish is uh, definitely branching out uh, a little bit there. Um, so I got I got a ton of Ask Aaron questions, including what seems to be coming an annual tradition about Halloween, which I know a lot of people are at least under the impression that it's one of your favorite holidays. Halloween is becoming an annual tradition here? Uh, no, me asking you no, about okay. it. Or people asking you about it. But I want to get to a few things from the game to start. Uh, because, okay. Because a couple of things that you said after the game got my attention. And the first one was, I wasn't going to let this team beat us. What made this game so important to you? Just an important time in our season, I think. Uh, you know, being 4-2 and two, with the Lions winning uh, last second the way they did. Uh, just trying to get... Uh, to get us back in first place, important, uh, important to win your road uh, road division game. Important to win division games, but road division games are extremely important. And um, I just had uh, yeah, had that feeling on the field that uh, if I could uh, do my job, get us in uh, good plays, get us in, in the good checks, that uh, we're going to win that game. And I, I just I knew I had a big role, and I wasn't going to. Was going to let uh, let that slip. I have an important important role, obviously, on our team and responsibility of those guys. And I just uh, I take that very seriously and didn't feel like I was going to let those guys down. Um, you do have a very important role, and I would like to take the opportunity to remind you of that because you had four scrambles. I think one went out of bounds, but the other three there was no sliding uh, involved. That at least before you even said what you did after the game, led me to believe that this game was important to you. But I seriously, I must have gotten 15 Ask Aaron questions, which the variation of, uh, would you please remind him how important he is to the team and tell him to slide? Um, what was going on there, and, and, and did you take some unnecessary risks? I kind of skinned my elbow up a little bit early in the game and then decided maybe not sliding anymore. Really? No, See? it's a joke. Uh, the first one... I was close to the first down, and I feel like when you slide, they, you know, they mark you down what it seems like farther back than where you started the slide. Uh, I felt like on that, I believe it was third and six or so, maybe seven, on the first big run, and just wanted to make sure that I got the first down. It didn't feel like uh, I think it was uh, Josh Robinson coming in uh, was going to be able to to get a big shot on me. Obviously, I don't want to take a big shot down there. Don't want to have, like, eight guys around me pushing me or as would happen <laughs> later in the game. But felt like I could, uh, you know, not take a big shot from Josh there and, and uh, still with the first down. Um, well, now, there were two others. There was the touch, the almost touchdown, which we'll talk about. Was that, was I in? I mean, I, there wasn't any side views. I, well, yes, you were in. Now, the question is, I don't, it was I hard felt like to I was in before the whole scrum happened. Right, but. My question is, when did they blow the whistle? Because it's hard to tell, certainly in that 
venue. That's a good question. I feel like my legs were turning. They say, you know, don't stop your feet on contact. I think they're protecting you a little bit. That's what Scott said, the, the referee, Scott Green. Yeah. Uh, I, well, that I was nice of him because he didn't yeah. really protect you very well in that playoff game against Arizona. Um, Silence. Awkward. You said it. Not I me. did. Yeah. He can. They can find me. Um, so the importance of the game had nothing to do with any sort of personal ill will or anything toward uh, a former teammate or anything like that, because I think some people maybe took that as, out of it as well. No, I, I don't. It didn't have anything to do with that, no. Let me ask you this about that, because uh, you made it very clear after the game that it was up to Greg if he wants to share what he said to you. Uh, so I know better than to ask you, what did he say? However, I do want to ask you, did anything he said change how you felt or change anything at all about the way the offseason had played out with him and, and your feelings about it? I don't even think I, I, I want to I want to really touch that one uh, too much. I think that would give insight into what was said. That was a very clever question you asked there. Uh, I hate doing a, a radio show with a smart guy. Uh, again, I, I don't think that... Uh, I, I've said this before on the show... I, there's too much access to the field. I'm sure there's somebody with a, with a boom who who caught something that was said there, um, but I think there should be some conversations that should be uh, should be left uh, between the people that have them. I felt that way when when Brett and I connected, um, and uh, or you know this off season, uh, you know when we talked uh, after the four times we played. Um, I think there's there's some conversations between competitors that should be. Uh, should be left uh, between those competitors. Now, if he wants to say something about it, that's that's his uh, that's his choice. But uh, I don't I don't feel like I have anything to to say that uh, could really change any uh, any opinions about the, the issue. Okay. He uh, he did not talk to reporters after the game. He left the uh, Metrodome without speaking with reporters. Um, he was that the longest conversation you ever had on the. Uh, I mean, I guess it wasn't really a conversation because you didn't do much of the talking. But that did did it get a little awkward because you were there for a long time? Just slightly prolonged. Again, too much, uh, too many cameras around. Uh, that, uh, that so he could have called you in the off season and and said what he said. Too many cameras around. That's my last question on that. Um, the other thing you said after the game was, "I'm going to miss this place." Uh, you, now you were what three and three there yeah. mm-hmm. as a starter. Um, but you played very well there. What are your best and worst memories of that venue? Well, there's, there's so many. Uh, is the Favre thing on the sideline where he says, put it in the old vice, is that at the Metrodome? I, I don't. That happened a lot of times. I'm okay. Not, I'm not exactly I've, sure. I've only seen it on NFL films. So. I believe my first time we played there, we lost to Paul Edinger, like 58-yard field goal. Uh, when Dante was playing for the Vikings, that was a kind of my first uh, first time being there. But playing memories, uh, or not, it doesn't have to be playing memories. Always enjoy the Viking when he comes out on his motorcycle. I've actually got to talk to him multiple times after we've played him. But the funny thing about this time is that usually he's pointing at me, or it seems in my direction. This time I could tell you he's definitely pointing over my right shoulder to somebody, not me, because I like to stand there and just stare at him and see what he says. I think he's just kind of moving his mouth a lot, maybe not saying anything. But one person who thinks they were that they were being pointed at and 
getting got after is Kevin Green, who was standing on my right shoulder. And it looked like the Viking on the motorcycle was yelling at Kevin Green. Kevin Green thinks so. And he was, uh, I was teasing the, this morning about uh, the Viking getting after him a little bit pregame. And uh, I don't know if that's a guy I'd mess with. I don't <laughs> care if you're a Viking or not. Yeah, I know. So that was uh, that was fun. But I've always enjoyed playing there uh, when we doubled up on them in uh, 2010. At the end of the half, when JJ made a nice one-handed catch in the end zone, and we came out and hit uh, Greg on a on a comeback on our sideline, and he uh, juked the defender and ran in for a touchdown, that was a great memory. Um, you know, last year was a heck of a game. Both offenses playing really well, and Adrian obviously going for uh, 2,000 yards, and then the record. Um, it was fun to be a part of that. But uh, I, I have a lot of respect for those guys. I mean, a lot of fun memories. We played them at home in 08, and I remember the trash talking that was going on from Pat Williams, Kevin Williams, and um, Jared Allen, and E.J. Henderson, and those guys. And to see it change from then to, you know, this year, obviously Pat's not there, but the respect I have for Kevin and Jared and Chad Greenway and the friendship that we have. Um, obviously, Antoine Winfield, when he was there for a number of years. Uh, it, I enjoy playing those guys. It's a, it's a great competition. Um, I know it's a great rivalry between the fans. Our fans were unbelievable uh, with the Go Pack Go chants. I had to actually quiet them down on our second last drive because they were so loud. Uh, that's a testament to them. Uh, incredible feeling uh, walking off that field for the last time with our fans uh, chanting for me. Appreciate that. But uh, I will remember the uh, the battles with those uh, those guys in the Vikings uh, in the Metrodome and and look back fondly on the games. Uh, a couple more things about Minnesota. The, um, they're going to be playing outside at TCF Bank Stadium the next two years at the University of Minnesota. What do you think of that? And if you got to, if you got to close down another NFL stadium, like maybe one you don't like very much, is there one that you'd like to see on the list? That I don't. Well, I don't think we've won in Tampa. When I was going to quarterback, was, so maybe suggest maybe they could close that one down. <laughs> You think it'll be different playing outside, up there with those? I mean, well, it depends everything... on the timing of the. You know, if yeah. it's a, if it's an early one, probably not so much. But uh, I do enjoy playing indoors, and I think the uh, my feet and the numbers bear that out. You'll be you'll be noticing next year when the schedule comes out when you play Chicago and Minnesota because you said you always look for that right with Minis- with uh, with Chicago. Good call. Um, speaking of calls, did you get any calls from Butte College for your intro to Sunday Night Football and? Um, Nice segue there. You know what? Was that the first time they said they showed me saying Yeah, I think it was the first time you were on Sunday night this year, right? What about the years past? Don't you shoot a new one every year? No, no, we don't. Okay, how does it work? You shoot kind of one every few years. Well, the last one I shot, I said uh, Butte College and Pleasant Valley High School because the first few years I was Cal and want to give my love to uh, obviously Butte Community College. Uh, in Northern California, and Pleasant Valley High School, which is in Chico, California, uh, where I went to high school. Um, so, PV, you're you're on the list. You're coming up here soon. Now, I wasn't. I don't know if they've been using the Cal one that was years ago uh, shot because I haven't said Cal the last few few years, um, just so Butte would get the, their due. But uh, I did talk to Coach Rigsby at Butte um, after the game. I talked to him, uh, you know, after every game or every other game, and it was good to good to catch up with him. 
Um, the only other thing off of TV that I wanted to ask you, and then we'll go inside the helmet, look ahead to the Bears, and get to our Ask Aaron questions. Last night on the Monday Night Football game, Tarico was talk- Mike Tarico was talking about Kellen Clemens and how he records himself calling plays onto his iPhone or whatever and then plays it in the car so he can visualize what the plays are and stuff like that. I, I'm assuming you don't quite do that in your new F Ford, one, Ford F-150. You're too busy listening to your satellite radio. But you have talked about visualization before. Uh, can you give us a little glimpse into maybe how your brain works during the week as you get ready? Because Mike McCarthy keeps talking about everything that's being put on your plate and everything you're handling, and I'm just wondering maybe mentally how that how that plays out for you. Yeah, I listen to a lot of 90s on 9, The Blend, Coffee House. Uh, Pearl Jam's got their own channel, don't they? They do, yeah. Hits one. Um, those are some of the, the top ones I, I like to cycle through. 90s on 9 usually takes the takes the cake. They're getting a lot of love on this show. That's two weeks in a row. I know. So visualizing, was that your way of avoiding my question or... I just don't really understand how to answer your question here. Um, I've that talked a lot about my often. yeah. I've talked a lot about my preparation. Um, you know, it's it's making sure I'm ready to play uh, by Sunday. I think me, Mike might be referring to um, kind of going extra with some of the going the extra lengths with some of my check thoughts and my signal thoughts to some of the uh, young guys, Boykin and. Miles, but then you have Bostic and Corliss who haven't played a whole lot, and Jake Stoneburner. So, last couple weeks I've really focused on when I get opportunities in practice, throw those guys the football. And so Jake's made some really nice plays in practice last week. I, I wanted to get him some chances. Brandon two weeks ago made a bunch of plays. Uh, Miles this week, uh, this last week, you know, made the uh, made a, a a number of plays in practice. Uh, Young players need to need to make plays in practice. I feel to to have that confidence to take it on the field. Now, then there's a whole new confidence you can earn from from making plays in the game that you hadn't made before. But it's a progression of uh, figuring out what you're supposed to do, taking that to the practice field, and executing, and then getting in the game and executing the plan based on your preparation and practice. Because then you teach yourself that you can do it at that level. You give yourself that confidence. You have that muscle memory. You have those images. You can draw on when you take the field the next time that hey i've done this before now miles can go back and look at that film and say hey i caught a uh i caught a quick hitch made a guy miss and went down the sideline for 12 yards i can do this i can do this again Jarrett obviously against cleveland i can run routes make catches get yards after the catch score and he went in the game uh this week and made a, a number of big plays again plays that uh that i can say were made because of the confidence that he has and his attention to detail. He made two reactionary plays that were excellent, not to mention the catches that he made uh, that were difficult. So I just, I'm just i proud of those guys. We spend a lot of time, but you have to be self-motivated in this league to be successful. And Miles and Jarrett, uh, it's no surprise they made plays, impact plays in the game, because they care about and they want to be uh, good players. You enjoy helping them with that confidence? I was talking to Mike McCarthy about this, too, and, and Ted Thompson actually said this to me after the game, that you can't underestimate, you know, he gets a lot of credit for getting the right guys that are stepping in. But he said he can't, you can't underestimate what it means for you to just smack a guy in the back and say, hey, I believe in you, or hey, I, you did a good job there. Is that is that conscious that you feel like 
you need to do that? I'm assuming that's part of your personality to begin with, but do you feel like you need to do that to help that confidence level? I think it's it's part of uh, my personality, and it's part of being a leader. That's what uh, it's what you got to do. You got to figure out how guys respond uh, in a positive way, and do that as often as you can. Let's go inside the helmet. The plays from Sunday's game. Uh, I I got to be honest with you. The throw on the first touchdown to Jordy. I've seen it now probably fifty times. I'm not. I'm still not sure how you put the ball exactly where you did, and I'm not quite sure how he caught it. Can you take us through that one to start? He's not quite sure either. I, I talked to him. Uh, it was my week to carpool, so I we talked at uh, 2 in the morning as we drove back. Um, I just asked him, how would you catch that one? He said, I think it's stuck in my face mask, which I haven't uh, seen a tight TV copy, but uh, that could have been the case. Um, you know, that was a, uh, a good job by Jordy at the top of his route and a ball that uh, I've thrown before in practice. Maybe not to him, but... Uh, you find you find out how to how to make those plays by doing it in practice and taking those chances in practice. And that's a ball that I had confidence throwing. One, because it's Jordy, because he gives you a lot of confidence throwing him the football. But two, I've done it before. I've put the ball in that spot on an inside release corner route. Um, and I, I can honestly say I was within, uh, you know, within about a foot of the spot I wanted to put it. Um, I went right by his ear hole. I mean, that's that's kind of where I was trying to, I was trying to put it. <laughs> well, good job. Um, what about the second touchdown? Uh, especially given Tom Clements was talking about this yesterday, the the way that the defense was playing there. I feel like we saw a similar blitz in San Francisco when you had Jermichael and I think it was Bowman who came across and just got enough of the ball that it, it wasn't completed. Um, Take us through that play because that's obviously an enormous play as well. Yeah, they brought uh, strong pressure on that one. Henderson and um, and the slot uh, brought pressure. We had uh, yeah, we have some quick adjustments at times depending on the pressure, and sometimes the play has has place you can go with the football. Uh, you know, first you got to give credit to the route. Uh, we talk a lot in meetings on the practice field about the angle you want when you have a vertical route and your and it's pressure, and we often talk about keeping keeping that angle very high because you know that uh, the cross trapper, as we say, which is basically the backside linebacker who's not blitzing, who's looking to to tag, we call it, basically cover uh, the inside guy vertically. So that's Greenway on that play? Yeah, so he's the vertical tag player, the cross trapper, uh, coming from the backside to the front side of the formation. And uh, so you worry about sneaking the ball in to the inside guy as that cross trapper is coming across. And that's basically what happened. In San Fran, tried to sneak it in there, uh, you know, before Bowman got there. In this case, you have to, uh, you know, you have to be able to draw on those things, uh, and you know, within the five seconds between when I it clicked in my mind, this is probably strong pressure coming, and when I got the snap, uh, you have to have a quick plan and then be able to react uh, accordingly. My quick plan was hitting Jordy uh, right away. And it changed at the snap because Chad took a very flat angle over there like he should uh, to where I just held it uh, a touch longer than I initially had thought I would and then tried to put the ball behind his head in that case, uh, assuming that Jordy, who had um, basically an a inside post route, was going was gonna to at some point start to 
break to the post and was able to put that in a good spot. He made a great catch, broke a tackle, and then uh, almost got caught by uh, Griffin but made it to the end zone. He doesn't get caught very often from behind. I think yeah. it's only happened once, right? Last uh, year at the Dome. Chris Chris Roth, the sports director at WBAY up here, said he, he thought he saw you keep the ball from that touchdown. Did you? No, I, well, I grabbed it, and then I gave it to a buddy of mine in the stands. Oh, really? I did. Oh, okay. A good friend from Butte College, actually. Nice. Uh, and then the last play that I wanted to ask you about was the run into the end zone uh, and the help, help, air quotes, that you got from your offensive lineman. What is going through your mind basically from the start of the snap to when you're laying on your back and I, you're in this, like, mass of bodies and I just see the ball <laughs> It didn't count, but you did finally make it in there. But what's going through the entire process there? Initially, I thought I was going to throw it to my left uh, on a on basically a quick route to the left. Uh, they passed off the two two route combination to the left. I came back with my eyes to the right, looked at the corner route, who was covered, and at that point, uh, the end on the right, whether it was uh, Robeson or Griffin, had gotten up the field to where I could step up and get out. And I stepped up and got out. I, I looked uh, to dump it right now to the uh, pivot route who was on my right. Looked back to the right corner. Didn't have anything. And then, and then I was hoping that I believe it was uh, Xavier Rhodes at that point. It was one of the uh, uh, defensive backs that he would go for my token ball fake, which he didn't. So at that point, I knew I, knew I needed to cover the ball up, and I thought I was going to be able to glance off of him and get in the end zone. And he kind of stood me up a little bit. I still thought I was in the end zone. Uh at that point, uh, there were a lot of bodies running into me, and uh, when I felt some presence on the back of me, uh, I felt like if I started getting my legs going a little bit, I might actually get in the end zone. I heard the whistles and was pushed into the end zone, and and I thought I was in initially by the run, which I, I guess yet to be determined there if that was the case or not. Eddie's thankful that I wasn't, but... Uh, Either way, we got the first down, and uh, I did that. That was my one time doing that for my career. Probably won't ever happen again. <laughs> is it okay that Josh and – is it Josh and TJ who are doing it or Josh and Dietrich Smith? Some, I mean, are they not supposed to do that or – I appreciated it. I'd rather be falling that forward yeah. than getting five guys running falling on top of me. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's look ahead to the Bears. The uh, Bears had a bye week this week. Um how do you view them, and does that give them any sort of a boost? Obviously, they're going to have to play without Jay Cutler, your uh, your counterpart and your buddy. And uh, probably Lance Briggs as yeah, well. Yeah, it sounds like it for several weeks, actually. I, I think it helps uh, with some of the young guys uh, being able to get, get a chance to get some practice reps, uh, get some time to watch film and get ready for, uh, for this week. Um, give them some... Uh, unscouted looks to put in which you know can often happen uh, as they do self-scouting over the bye but uh, you know they've had some had some injuries over there they're still a very talented team I think um, as good a tandem of, of corners as you're going to see in this league um, Peanut I've known him for a long time uh, Charles Tillman I have a lot of respect for him and the way he plays happy he's gotten the recognition he deserves I mean he's he's a ball hawk but usually when you say ball hawk it's a guy who gets a lot of interceptions well Charles has good hands, but he also is incredible at punching the football out. And he, you know, almost as good as Woodson, if not better. Unbelievable how good he is! Exactly. Yes, more comparisons uh, to Charles. 
I almost made a comparison to Micah um, on Sunday. I was saying how how talented he is. Yeah, what do you think of him? I like him a lot. I think he's a no-nonsense guy. He's a great uh, football player. He is a football player. I mean, he loves it. He's a talented guy. He tackles. He returns punts. He covers guys. Uh, he knows how to play the game. I mean, he's uh, he's just a good uh, good football player. What was the sideline like during his punt return for a touchdown? I mean, I always... Ted always talks about watching how guys interact and stuff. It was from from the press box. It was fun to watch you guys reacting to what he was doing. Yeah, it was awesome. It was uh, exciting watching him. <laughs> he started high stepping. I thought he was going to fall down. That was pretty funny. Uh, and watching it back, you're wondering what the heck is Sam Barrington doing? <laughs> he almost made the tackle, but uh, when he got out in the open field. You were wondering what the speed was going to be like because we haven't really got a chance to see him kind of get out like that. He's he's really shifty and he's great at getting it north and south on his punt returns. But uh, he got out and, and he showed his speed. I think you got after the game, you know, when, when you're just thinking about the game and how you can't help but ask yourself, how did that guy fall in the draft? Because he's a football player. So glad we got him. But it's exciting to watch. Your guys, especially a young guy, be able to get his his first touchdown like that. Um, I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this week to seeing the highlight video because you always wonder how, what the celebration was like because I couldn't really see it. You kind of celebrate with your teammates after he gets in because a lot of times those guys don't know what to do when they get the end for the first time. I didn't, uh, so it, it'll be fun to watch uh, to watch that. He fell in the draft because people didn't think he was fast enough. I think he answered that question on on Sunday night. Um, does your preparation change? Last thing on the Bears. Does your preparation change any? way timing wise because it's a monday night game do you take a day no off to no i don't or anything no i get ready the exact same okay let's get to ask aaron come on yeah i know you're That's excited the about these. there's some for. good ones here uh first one comes from lydia you can chime in by the way with your ask aaron questions you can either email them to me or you can use the ask aaron hashtag on twitter lydia's first question do you have a no trade jordy nelson clause in your contract yes what well, i let me follow that up because you said you carpooled together. Um, how close are you guys? Good friends. I, I, he's top five best friends in football from your time playing this game. You've sure. made a lot of friends. Yeah, we're good friends. Okay. Uh, Mike says, did you see Jimmy Fallon poking fun at you and some of your other teammates on his show? And what other superlatives would you give out to your teammates? Now, to explain to people who didn't see this, you have seen it. Yes. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, in advance of the Sunday night game, uh, poking fun at some mug shots of your teammates. I believe Tim Maste was voted most likely to be excited at the gymnastics meet, most likely to be the most excited dad at the gymnastics meet. I think Josh Sitton was uh, Thor's uh, Thor, before picture. picture. Yeah. yeah. And you were you apparently look like Ellen DeGeneres. That's fine. You guys are pals. We are. Yes. Um, Love Ellen. She's awesome. I thought it was really fun. I think Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel have, you know, when I was growing up, it was obviously, um, you know, Letterman and Leno. I love, uh, you know, love my guys. Uh, uh, You know, I love watching those guys and and watching late night TV. Obviously, Conan is is always been a favorite of mine. But I love watching Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel. I think they've done a great job as kind of the next generation of late night guys. Love watching... Um, Jimmy Fallon trying to keep a straight face on SNL for so many years, but uh, they're doing a great job. It's fun. You you've done Letterman, you've done Ellen, 
Jimmy Kimmel. You've done Jimmy Kimmel. Are there any other ones that you haven't done or ones that you would like to do? It sounds like you'd like to do Jimmy Fallon. Conan and Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Um, The next one comes from Ryan. Uh, Does it bother you that you and your team nationally haven't gotten much recognition for how good you're playing, especially with the injuries you have? No. You like being under the radar. Yeah, I do. Do you think you can stay there? For a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what's the strangest thing? Were you going to add something something to add there? No. Okay. Uh, What's the strangest thing? This is from Matt. What's the strangest thing an opponent has said to you after a play or a game? I think that's inspired by your little uh, conversation with Greg. But have you had any funny or... After a play or after a game? Your choice. Stanford. We beat them in 2003 up there to or down there to go to a bowl game and their I've said this before their DBs were uh, their taunts as we were up 28 to 10 late in that game were what was your SAT score what did you get on your SAT they wore that as a badge of uh, pride about their SAT in which I believe I probably had higher SAT scores than those guys who were asking me those questions but I find that uh, very interesting that that's their Level of trash talk uh, at the big game. Um, Axe, two years in a row for the Bears, 03 and 04. Shout out to all my uh, fellow brothers from those Cal teams listening. So speaking of Cal, I'm glad this came up because every week I get to the end of the show and I forget to have asked. Tell us about the rough neighborhood you lived in at Berkeley and if you lived in a rough neighborhood, I'm assuming it's not right near campus, so how did you get to school every day? It was by the Ashby BART station, actually, and I drove my scooter, okay. which thankfully never got stolen. Not sure how. Maybe they didn't want the scooter. Uh, but, yes, it wasn't... Uh, so what made it rough? Uh, gunshots at night. Get out. How did your parents feel about you, their... their- son living in this uh, area and, and is they that common? visit a whole lot <laughs> yeah look I mean, I've said this before the the scholarship check that we got uh, now obviously beyond scholarship you didn't have to uh, pay for uh, your school which is which is a great thing but we got uh, we had some money to live to live on and it wasn't enough to live and have food if you wanted to live anywhere near the campus so we found this ad my friend and I and, and uh, split basically a one bedroom and a living room into like a two made in like a two bedroom thing uh it's probably 600 square feet maybe uh for i think it was uh 750 so 375 a person so because my scholarship check was about 680 so i had 300 bucks to live off for that month and if you want to live near campus it was about 700 for your own your own room so it's, uh, that was a struggle. It was a, it was a rough, rough area. Um, let's go back to football. Um, Jim wonders, uh, well, this isn't football at all. Should I even ask this question? Yeah, go ahead. Does Mike McCarthy ever mention to you how much Wilde irritates him with some of his questions during press conferences? Did you write that one? <laughs> no, that was Jim. Uh, I think he was trying to give you an opportunity to make fun of me, which you don't need any opportunities no, to I do take, that. No, uh, I take all those. Uh, Peter says, 
Where does this game rank in the – talking about the Vikings game. Where does this game rank in the pantheon of most satisfying wins of your career? We started the show by asking you about the importance of it. I mean, it's in the top 50. Nice. Um, let's get to your Halloween questions, which is what you really want to get to. Um, Misty asks, your absolute favorite thing about Halloween, and do scary movies or haunted attractions freak you out? Yes, they do, and I don't know where this – this idea that I love Halloween comes from. I enjoy dressing up. Uh, that's where it comes from. That's I was I was uh, Dumb and Dumber one year with a good friend of mine, Papa. Uh, one year I I dressed up on the third preseason game as in my Civil War attire. Uh, the with, friendly mutton chops. Yeah, with the mutton chops. Uh, one year I and I don't know if there's probably some people out there who, who know this. But I went out to a Halloween party and stayed in my mask all night, and nobody recognized me. That was fun. Really? Yeah, that was a few years back. A couple people, because it got really hot and kind of sweaty, so I lifted my mask up a few times, and it was like a weird, scary clown mask. Um, so people thought probably thought that there was some weirdo underneath there, which I guess there was, but it was me. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't really have a favorite thing about it. Okay. I'm a little disappointed to the kids who came by a couple years ago when I had the big bowl of candy and it said take take a couple. Yeah. Who dumped dumped it all in there on the first go round and then the other kids who angrily knocked on my door after that. I'm guessing I wasn't there. No, you were I there one there. year. Yeah, I was there, you're right. <laughs> if just I'm gonna put it out there, if you come by the house and it says take one or take two I'm watching, so take two <laughs> or one. Do you give out like the full size candy bars? Or I think you... I'm going to give out like uh, just pencil some, floss. Yeah, just just some healthy bars, like some Heath bar, not Heath bars. What are they? Uh, just some Cliff bars. Cliff bars, yeah, and protein bars, and just some healthy stuff this year. Nice. Yeah. You don't have to worry about people taking gluten, too many of them. Gluten free, gluten uh, bars yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that's big. So, what do you have a favorite? Lauren's question is the most creative costume you've ever worn for yeah, Halloween. Dumb and, dumb and Dumber. I, I got it. I got the suits made. I was, I was in the orange, and uh, Papa was in the blue. Were you? Was this once you were in the NFL? Was it? Yes. Not that long ago. Um, do you have a favorite one from when you were a kid? No, I can't remember that long ago. Right. Yeah. Um, Patrick's, this is the last um, Halloween question. I don't know if you've seen this. I think it was in, I think it was in the America's game that they did on the '96 Packers, where Favre and Don Beebe and Frank Winters go to Mike Holmgren's house and pretend they, they all have masks on, so they Holmgren doesn't know that it's them, and they kind of try to barge into his house. Uh, have you done any pranks of that sort? And would you ever consider getting a few guys together and doing that to uh, Coach McCarthy? Yes, I would consider that. I would definitely consider that. They apparently uh, brought a TV crew with them, so you would have to. Would you? Yeah, it's. I wouldn't do that. Okay. I would self-document, but uh, you know what? Haven't done any pranks this year, but it's at some point it'd probably be be fun. Now, was that last year when Coon got you with the pie in the face, or his, yeah, yeah? Did you ever exact your revenge? I don't feel like we ever talked about it. No, you threatened I it. didn't. Yeah, at some point I probably should get him back. Okay. Well, let us know when you do. Uh, the last or, question... or use him as an ally. He's he's, he's a good ally for yeah. pranks. Yeah. What? When's the last time you did a prank? It's been a long time. 
Was it a good one? I wouldn't. No, I don't. It, there's a statute of limit, limitations that, that goes out at least ten years on some of these things. You can't talk about them for at least ten years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the last one. I thought this was an interesting question because we were at the Bucks game. We saw you. Uh, Maddie got to say hello to you. Uh, Jill asked the Milwaukee question. Bucks. Let's just the Milwaukee yes. Bucks, not to be confused with the Tampa Bay Bucks or the Ohio One State. Well, my Bucks. little brother's on the Bucks. He is. That's true. Yes. How's he doing? He's he's doing well. Uh, is he bunking in with Krabby? No, I don't think so. My brother doesn't really like Nickelback or Papa Roach either, so that'd be kind of rough there with the uh, the music that that Tom is forcing on little Bryce. Poor kid. His son. Uh, last question. Jill Jill said she saw you at the Bucks uh, preseason game here in Green Bay. Um, there were a lot of Packers there. Do you have any advice? I thought this was an interesting question. Do you have any advice when it is or is not appropriate for folks to approach professional athletes? Ideally, how would you like to see folks kind of approach that? Because there was, there, there, there was kind of a stir that was created not only by you but by a lot of the guys that were there. You know what? I- I think the thing I would, I, I guess I would say to that is that there's obviously a time and a place when it's a couple of things. One, if if it really is a question about getting an autograph or a picture, then then know that it could be a yes answer or it could be a no answer. So to get offended if it's a no answer puts myself or whoever it is in an awkward position. Uh, and that being said, if it is a no answer, understand that uh, it could be a no because you're not in the mood or you don't feel like taking pictures at that point, or you're thinking, if I say yes, like I want to take a picture with you, but if I say yes, then everybody else who's watching you come over to that person sees you take a picture, then you're going to be taking pictures the entire game. Honestly, that's usually the case. That was for me that night. And I apologize to, if I offend anybody by saying no, but uh, if you'd sign an autograph or take a picture in that setting where I'm there to support the Bucks, obviously I, I love the fan support, like I said about the reception run off the field. It's amazing. I love our fans. But if I say yes in that situation, I'm not going to be able to watch the game, and there's going to be you know, requests from everybody who's watching you ask me or one of my teammates to do that. So, uh, you know, if, if you take offense to that, there's nothing I can do about it, but... Um, you know, if you, if you catch catch them at a, at a time and a place where they're where they're not, there's not a million people around watching you. Then the answer, I, I believe, that you would know, and people who've who've uh, seen me over the years, is, is usually yes. Like at the Barnes and Noble in Minneapolis. Exactly. What? Right across the yeah. <laughs> Brett so, and I actually uh, went over to Barnes and Noble. He was looking for a book. Uh, uh, a book by Psy off of uh, Duck Dynasty. It's called, uh, what's it called? Uh, gosh, why am I forgetting? Well, he's got a new book. And I was looking for this book that was recommended to me by by a friend. And I got stopped by some people who actually know you. And they asked me for a picture. And Luckily, I, they didn't tell you that they knew me. Cause then you then I would have said no, for sure. Yeah. Exactly. But they asked me, and I got to take a picture of them. Yeah, it was fun. So that's he was the, from the. She was a foreign exchange student from Norway. Yeah, they all live in De Pere, but she's here for the semester. So yeah. yeah. So that's the best setting to catch you. At Barnes and Noble, yes. So, there's one on Oneida Street. Swing by if you see him. He may or may not be there for the rest of the week. Well, we will uh, be back next week to talk about the game against the Bears. It'll be the day right after, right? We don't have to yeah. schedule, do we? Can't believe it. Uh, and we'll also look ahead to 
Philadelphia mm, following week. Short week. Yes. So we will uh, we'll be back with that. Remember to send in your Ask Aaron questions. The hashtag is Ask Aaron. And be back next week. Thanks a lot. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show.